Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Thanks, Con. Good morning, everyone. Well, unlike, I'm the kids' pastor. I usually am found downstairs. So if I haven't met you yet, that is because that's where I am. I'm not quite as godly as Con. At two o'clock this morning, when my child called for me, I wasn't looking over her in majesty. I was like, can we just go to sleep, please? And then the other one decided four o'clock was a good time. Um, so anyway, that's why they put me downstairs. Not quite up to con standard of glory and majesty. But I have been invited to share a word with you this morning. Um, and it's always such an honour to be here. I'm losing my voice. That was such an awesome time of worship. Screaming Jesus, hey? I love that. I love that. Yesterday we were at home singing Joy in the House of the Lord with a whole bunch of musical instruments, a whole stack of four-year-olds screaming. Um, There was a lot of joy in the house. Um, And there's joy here this morning. Isn't it wonderful? And um, because I have kids, they're renowned for spoilers. So spoiler alert today, we're looking at God is paving the way to freedom. So if you're here for freedom today, that is where we are heading. Alrighty, we've started this series called Roadblocks to Freedom. So there's going to be some messages and have been some messages shared on things that can block our way to God. And I thought, hey, let's focus on the positive. Let's look at the road, not the roadblocks. The road to freedom is God. Amen? Um, So I want to start, for those who I haven't met or have only just seen me a little bit, you would know if you've seen me downstairs, I'm a bit of a doer. Go, go, go. Let's fill my schedule until it's exploding. And people often laugh. I was trying to book a meeting with someone the other day and she's like, wow, your schedule is full. I was like, it's all good. I fit her in. Anyway, I also love freedom. And people think, what? They don't go together. Freedom's all like fluffy and free. And you're like, go, go, go. Um, I know it's an oxymoron, but I do love freedom. And I love that LifeGate is about helping people find the freedom and purpose that Jesus has. So Mel shared uh, testimony this morning of how she's finding freedom through prayer ministry. And I've been here for nearly 12 years, and prayer ministry has been a major road in the freedom for me. I've just found so much. Obviously, there's still more to go, if you know me, but that's okay. So when Nathan asked me to speak on the roadblocks to freedom, I was like, yes, I love freedom. What are we going to do about it? Let's go. Let's get doing, and let's find some freedom. Amen. But then as I was preparing, I was reminded of some wise words from my mentor as she's challenged me this year to think of ways to eliminate some of the doing and introduce a little more Sabbath. She put me onto a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And my husband, if you know my husband, Mark, he is much more chill than me. And he's just like, only a person like you would need a book like that. Um, And so he started calling it the ruthless extermination of hurry. (laughs) Hilarious. Anyway, it's helped me to realize that, yes, maybe I could eliminate a few things uh, and introduce a little more Sabbath. But I have discovered in this journey that I am not very good at sitting still. And I have found myself sitting on the lounge going, what do I do? What do I do? Anyone want to come and sit with me here? It's not really working for me, this whole stop 
Sabbath. <laughs> anyway, I'm learning what Sabbath is for me with young children. Sometimes it means playing with my kids. Sometimes it means going for a bushwalk and being in nature and just sitting with God or sitting at my piano and worshipping and just delighting in him. I was saying at, at 9am, my kids love this game called Beards vs. Tigers, which means three girls go upstairs and get makeup and paint stripes all over themselves. And I have to do this and grow a beard, and Mark has a beard, and then we go on each other, and there's soft toys flying everywhere, and it's beards versus tigers. Beards always wins, just say. Anyway, so we're having fun, we're resting, we're Sabbath, and then we finished Sabbath, so now I'm back to finding freedom, right? I mean, let's go into the business of finding freedom. So I'm thinking, how is it that we find freedom? And then I start worrying about all the ways I still need freedom. Oh, golly, I'm not really living in freedom. I need so much more. What am I going to do? I'm going to do more and work to find this freedom, right? Because Jesus has freedom. Where is it? And I'm thinking and I'm worrying and I'm doing and I'm just like, ah, I just became my own roadblock to freedom. And I was talking to Andrew as I was preparing for this message and I was like, all right, so I had one passage God wanted me to talk about, and now he's telling me another one, and I've got all this stuff, and I'm not sure if it's going to... And he goes, Kath, get out of the way. Just get yourself there and just let God do it, yeah? And I wonder how many other people sitting here might consider that they are their own roadblock to freedom. And there might be many roadblocks that have come up in this series... Anyone been offended lately? It's inevitable, I've heard. And I heard last week that I offended the drummer of the worship band where I was. But um, that was because I thought he said, I'm unoffendable. But actually he was saying, Kath, I'm unforgettable. <laughs> I said, yes, Joa, you're 12 and you do think the world... It revolves around you. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so there are massive roadblocks that we can see, right? And then there's some that we can't see. And I wonder what we're going to do about it. But then I wonder, is that actually possible to find freedom without doing? Because we live in a world that's focused on doing. Right? And what are we doing? Well, we're meeting expectations. Maybe of the family, maybe of your husband or your wife, your parents, maybe even your kids trying to live up to the expectations that they might have of you, or of your friends in the school playground, or your neighbours, or the mother's group. Or there's also those authority figures living up to the expectations of that boss, or those colleagues, or whoever it is that we're looking with. We're doing everything that we can, and we're worrying, or at least wondering, what they think about us. And then, well, we're also doing a lot of time on social media and we're looking in the com Don't look at the comments. Don't. Well, we're looking there. Why? Because, of course, social media knows everything that we need to do, doesn't it? And it knows everything we need to be and everything we need to have. So we're looking there. There's a lot of doing that's happening. And then we start comparing. And then, oh, dear, I'm missing out on that. I missed that. Oh, no. Oh, my kid doesn't do that, or I'm not doing that, I don't have that. All this doing in our mind, and, and then we're busy, so we've got to fill this because we don't miss out on anything, do we? So we're filling our calendars, and obviously I've showed you that I'm guilty of this, and there's so much to do, everything that we have to fit in, and then suddenly things like rest 
and prayer and reading our Bible and being at church and serving others becomes something else to do instead of something that connects us to God. And so we're overthinking. We're stuck thinking about ourselves. And I'm like, oh, I failed to meet that expectation. And, and I've just spent hours putting together this perfect post so that um, I can get response. And I didn't. And what I did was negative. And, and now, oh, sorry. And now I've packed my schedule to hide from all the things that I can't do or afraid of, of facing what it is that I need to change. And and then I'm thinking about what I'm scared of and how I'm going to fix that and how we're going to break free from all this. And it's just crazy. And we've got all this pressure. Yeah. And under the surface, we've gone berserkers. <laughs> and we just need to get out of the way. So how do we get out of the way? I think one of the greatest and best things to do is to take our eyes off ourselves off all these roadblocks and look to God. Because, like I said, the great road to freedom is God. If I'm driving down a road and I'm looking at the barricades and I'm, I'm looking at the speed up, I'm looking at everything, we probably would do one of the speed humps. You know, I have flown over a few of them before. But anyway, if you're looking at all the road blocks and blockages and debris, you're going to crash. You've got to keep your head on the road and where you're going, Right? So I'd like to turn in the Bible now, if you've turned to Hebrews chapter 12, don't. We're looking at Luke chapter 8 today. We're going to keep our eyes on God, but I want us to look at how it is God who is doing. It is God who is paving that way to freedom. Amen? And in Luke chapter 8, verses 5 to 15, I'm reading from the ESV today, we will find the parable of the sower. Now, if you've been a part of LifeGate Church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this passage before. It was even a life group resource just recently, so you're probably quite familiar with it. I love teaching this parable um, in SRE classes because I bring these visual aids, and because, as you know, seeds don't grow in a moment, they take a little bit of time, we have these containers sitting in classrooms all around schools, and as... Um, as they're waiting and they have to water them. And now these kids are like, why is that there? And their kids have this opportunity to share the message they've heard of the parable of the sower to their teachers and their friends from other um, SRE classes. So I just kind of love this visual thing that sits in the classroom. So I brought it for you guys today. Um, and as we read, I will explain each of these little boxes to you. Uh, in this passage, Jesus is speaking to a large crowd, a little bit larger than we are today, a large crowd he's speaking to. And he says, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it grew, but it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and grew, uh, sorry, and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he said, he who has ears, let him hear. So he's speaking out to a crowd and he knows, here I am. He's about to tell us the seed is the word of God. He is speaking the word. He's sharing. I'm a sower here sowing. And I can see out there, there's some path and there's some rocks and there's some weeds and there's some good soil. But I'm just going to keep sending it out there, yeah? 
He who has ears, let him hear. But he said, when he got to his disciples, his disciples asked him what that parable meant. Well, he said, to you, um, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they're in parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So some of them are receiving the word. Some of them are path, rocks, weeds, good soil, but they don't quite understand just yet. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Here's our little seed here, sunflowers. It's almost sunflower planting time. You won't see them today, unfortunately, because they don't grow in a minute. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Now, the ones along the path. Here's our empty container. It's not actually a path. There's not much there. The seeds go in. And they are those who have heard. And then the devil comes, those birds come, and take away the word from their hearts, that hardened heart, the path, hardened heart, and the devil comes and takes it away. So they may not believe and be saved. So the seed that lands on the path, it's stolen. Now, we're, we're talking, I, I pose the question, are you your own roadblock? Now, if something's stolen from you, you didn't do that. Yeah, but the, the seed on the path is that that comes and is stolen away. And then the ones that are on the rock are those who hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. Or the water drains away, there's no moisture, they have no root. So when that time of testing comes, they fall away. And what are those times of testing? That persecution, those hard times. And the rocks are stopping their roots growing deeper. The rocks of social media. Those rocks of busyness that we fill our lives, those expectations, those people that we are looking to for approval. So that when I'm finding my identity in these places, in my schedule, in social media, in the expectations of others, I'm thinking what they think. I'm not remembering what God thinks. So when that persecution or when that opposition comes, I've got no root. And I fall away. Am I finding my identity in these places or am I finding it in God? Now, those that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. I haven't got thorns today, but I've got weeds. I pulled them out of Mark the Mile Man Reed's garden before he mowed this morning. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) they hear the word, but as they go along their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and their fruit does not mature. So they're growing. They've even got fruit, but it doesn't mature. Those who are tangled up by the worries of this world. He says here the riches and the pleasures and the cares. God save us, rich Australians. They get stuck and not able to mature. Those weeds of comparison. Those mindsets that get us stuck in our head. Circling around all the things we've done right or wrong. But then he talks about the good soil. And he says, as for those in the good soil, he says, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. 
And isn't patience a gift from God? That good soil where that harvest multiplies and grows and it brings many, many to the kingdom. So we have seed landing amongst the path, the rocks, the weeds, the good soil, which is the crowd that Jesus is speaking to. And there's probably some of all of those here today as the word of God that he's given me goes to the path, to the rocks, to the weeds, to the good soil. Where are you today? What's blocking you? Is it you? And maybe you put some of these rocks and these weeds in place by the choices we've made, the places that we're looking. Now, I've often felt a little bit discouraged in reading this parable. And as you've heard in the stories I've shared today, that I often feel like I'm stuck here, tangled with weeds. And, and I feel stuck in this box. How do I get out? How do I, what do I do to get rid of these weeds? And in this parable, Jesus is distinguishing four distinct places where the seeds would land, the path, the rocks, the weeds, and the soil. And they are distinct examples of what can hinder our growth and the growth in the kingdom. But today, I want to take a little bit of poetic license to bring some encouragement to those who feel stuck in one particular box. Because each of these came out of my garden, and they're all in there together. And actually, in my garden, most of these things are needed to help my garden grow well. So there's a timber edge around my garden, not a path, but a timber edging. And that's so that my plants can grow without, Mark Mulman reads, grass. Keep out. There's a border. So we don't want any grass in the garden. So we've got an, a timber edging, right? And I live in a place called Sandy Point, and there's a whole stack of sandstone and rocks and rubble in my garden. But you know what? When you have some rocks in your garden, that helps drain, helps with the drainage for the soil. But you don't want too much, right? And, and there are weeds. And tell you what, this weather with rain and all sorts, my weeds are woohoo, love this place. And so just post-winter, I dug them all out, and I planted seeds ready for spring, but there's more weeds coming up because it takes time to get the weeds out, right? And I was weeding just recently and then realized, uh, I don't know what's the weeds and what's the lettuce. I'm not sure. So I had to stop. And I had to actually leave some weeds in there until they grew up enough for me to be able to distinguish. And yesterday, we distinguished that my lettuce failed. And so we're starting again. We put seeds back in again. But that's Okay. But there is good soil, and it does bring a harvest. My garden, I've been eating spinach leaves like this recently. Um, and if you remember last year, I was bringing tomatoes to church um, because I couldn't eat them fast enough. And my compost bin has given me 14 plants again. So brace yourselves, people. Be ready to eat tomatoes. <laughs> They're on their way. So the soil spills out onto the timber and, and we've got rocks and weeds and everything all in together. And who sorts it out? 
me, the gardener. I'm the one who has to work to remove the blockages and to plant the seeds so that I'll have a great harvest. It's the gardener who frees the plants of their blockages. And I just want us to consider that picture for a minute because if you're sitting here and you're feeling stuck in a box, I believe that there's some good soil in you. And I want to encourage you and want you to be encouraged that there is good soil. Because each of us was created by God in the image of God, made in his image. And when I read, and let's read it together, when we read, for God so loved the world in John 3.16, that he gave his only son, we see what God thinks of us. That he gave his only son. God thinks you are worth Jesus. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I believe, and if you choose to believe, there is good soil in you. Because if you believe, you will not perish, but have eternal life. And if the son, that only son, sets you free, you are free indeed. He is the way to freedom. So I come back and ask again, what is blocking you? And what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do? Maybe you see the path, the rocks, the weeds. Well, the first step is believe. If you believe. It doesn't say do leave, it says believe. Be. For us doers, that's a really hard verb to follow through on. Just believe. The simplicity of the gospel is so hard. And if you have not yet chosen to believe, let me assure you that God loves you. And that Jesus died for you. And he longs for you to choose to believe in him and find the life that he's offering you. And so I want to stop in this moment and give that opportunity for anyone sitting here today who does not yet believe or sits here today and just goes, I can see those hardened parts of my heart and I want to choose to believe you in this area of my life. So it might be with your whole life. It might be with a particular area of your life. But can we just take a moment to stop and surrender and... Um, Let's pray together, hey? Dear God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry for the choices that I've made. I'm sorry for the rocks and the weeds. I choose to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if that's the first time you have prayed that, you're a brand new Christian follower of Jesus. And if you have been following Jesus for a long time, are you ready for the next to-do step? It is trust, another equally difficult verb to follow through with. Get out of the way and trust that he can restore what's been stolen. 
that he can remove the rocks and the weeds on this journey and that he will prepare good soil for a great harvest. Because what does a crop do? It grows. My tomato plants are not like digging out their own rocks and weeds. They're just growing. Eyes to the sun, growing. And I spoke once before on John chapter 15 where Jesus says, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. (coughs) Excuse me. And if we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. Can I have my water, please? So, excuse me a moment. (laughs) If we use this same strategy for the soil, that was an awesome worship time this morning. (laughs) I've lost my voice completely. (coughs) So, if we remain... We are trusting that God is the one who's going to do the work of removing these things and bringing freedom to our lives. We trust in him to untangle us. We trust in him to take out the blockages. And we, while we trust that, put our eyes on him. (coughs) We put our eyes on him in worship how glorious and magnificent he is. What does God think of me? I read his word to find the truth of what he thinks of me, what he thinks of the choices I'm making. We let him be the standard that we live by. And we pray, we spend time talking to him, listening to him, and finding out what he wants us to do. Where is it that God is working? And when we live choosing to believe God is who he said he is, that we trust him to do the work of bringing freedom because our eyes are on him, that is when we can rest, when we can Sabbath. Knowing that God is paving the way to freedom, we just got to get out of the way. And imagine if we did. Imagine if we all lived believing that God can do this, that Jesus did it, and that if we all trust God to remove all those rocks and weeds that entangle us and that we fix our eyes on him, the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it. He will finish it. Our eyes are in worship, our eyes in prayer, our eyes in the word. And then no matter how big the roadblocks are, that we can rest knowing that God is doing the work. And that is how today you can walk out the road to freedom. And so as we finish today, and I'm going to invite people forward for prayer, if you've got a roadblock called me, I invite you forward. If you've got anything going on here, any rocks, any persecution, any, um, any weeds, any hardened parts, I invite you forward for prayer and encourage you to not leave here unless you're walking out there on the road to freedom. 
Let me pray. God, I thank you so much that you are here with us today. I thank you that you are the great road to freedom. I thank you that you see what's going on inside every single person who's here today. And that every single person here can meet you right where they are. Or they can come forward and we can pray together. Oh God, I just pray that each single person as they encounter you today will walk out of here on the road to freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.